Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. This is your host, Jake Jabarelli, with my co-host, otherwise known as the regular host, Blockchain John, for episode 34. Yep, it is. Still trying to get in after uh, the vacation from last week. Just getting back home and uh, getting organized to work week and go back to normal like, lifestyle, I guess. Than that, right? You had you took right Sunday, so I was. Um, a good and bad. <laughs> As uh, I didn't quite get over to bed back then, I don't like admitting that. I I know now a little bit better, and I'm not saying there's so much wrong. It was just um, not letting my anxieties get to me, and unfortunately, that happened. I think I just need to be a little bit less anxious, and maybe I'll be a little bit better at relaxing when the time comes for the next adventure. <clears throat> so, all right, it's good to Anyways, know. Um, as everyone knows, we have the uh, coin tree that you guys can check out. It has all the links to all the coins you can donate to us on, as well as all of our social media. And of course, we appreciate you checking out Twitch if you're on there live with John. He's always streaming beforehand. He always comes out in different. We've always got things going on you can collect the c3 media tokens for all kinds of neat little nfts and other such things that we get we uh, are sellable on our store not the merch store per se but the uh token store it's a neat little tool for the bot in discord but we recommend people check us out on odyssey uh there's other places like anchor etc etc google podcasts we do have the t-shirt shop which of course has black diamond and hodl also diamond uh, you know diamond hands never sell stack sad and hodl right, moving on to the quote of the day from Angle Farms a raven uh, advocate he says my grandparents put their money in a coffee can and paid cash for everything when they passed away they had $100 bills taped under the coffee table they <laughs> who lived through the depression and bank runs were the same of self-custody is relatively new and that would be what we're experiencing now that people are afraid of holding their own money unlike his grandparents and the job of the day comes from protocol labs the job is a public goods funding software engineer that's quite a mouthful protocol labs drives breakthroughs in computing to push humanity forward I hope they don't push too hard Protocol Labs is a product development lab, but behind the protocols and tools we build behind the research and implementations are passionate people, teammates, and community members. Most teams in the Protocol Labs network are fully distributed and work around, remotely around the world. Engineers, researchers, and operators work in the open to improve the internet, humanity's most important technology. As we explore new advances and intersection of many exciting fields, that is crypto, networks, distributed systems, and cultures, such as startups, research, and open source and distributed work. Some things you would be expected to do as a software engineer for Protocol Labs include engineer with a go-to contributor of the growing public goods funding team, work alongside with cross-functional team, including research, product, and operations, 
work with team to evaluate and technically, uh, pardon me, the technically, technical rather, evaluate the technical feasibility of funding mechanism and associate internal measurement analyst analysis tools and that's a mouthful for me anyways lots of other things you can check out this in our link in the description below and of course there's all kinds of th fun things going on in discord so you want to check those out let's get on to the news john Alrighty then so the first news of the day is provided by decrypt.co and written by mr tim huckey this week in crypto twitter with crypto prices cooling by doubling double digit uh, percentages over the week as autumn approaches it's fair to say that any respite from crypto's ongoing winters this year has been fleeting a recent wave of high profile attacks and bankruptcies has put the industry on red alert it's just it's not just thieves and insolvent crypto lenders raising alarms it's also western governments specifically the united states and the Netherlands and the, their policies on Tornado Cash, a transaction privacy tool that works by mixing users' crypto up in a common pool before sending it off to its intended destination. Last week, the U.S. Treasury Department decided to ban American citizens from using Tornado Cash or transacting with Ethereum addresses linked to Tornado's community. By that Friday, the Netherlands Fiscal Information and Investigation Services arrested a suspected Tornado Cash developer. The crypto community and privacy advocate, advocate advocates uh, decried the decried the move as a declaration of war on coders. Niraj uh, Agrawal, director of communications at Crypto. Think, uh, think Tank Crypto Center announced that his organization is challenging the U.S. tornado sanctions in court. And there's a tweet from Niraj. Same, uh, Sam, Sam Cannabos, a legal fellow at DeFi Education Fund, reached out to FIOD for more information about the tornado's developers' arrest and shares the responses he has received. And here's a tweet that he uh, that he published. Looks like it's in regards to the email uh, responses he's, he's received. The DeFi Education Fund uh, follow, followed up with a tweet the next day saying that the statement by the FIOD raises more, con more questions than answers. And here is another tweet from DeFi, DeFi Education Fund. In a similar story, Chinese blockchain journalist Colin Wu tweeted that crypto exchange FTX has frozen the accounts for a user who sent crypto to another blockchain privacy mixer called Aztec Network. FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried responded by stressing that, to his knowledge, no accounts have been frozen. Aztec Networks responded later in the week by saying that it is taking active measures to ensure that the service isn't used by money launderers and other criminals. Moving on to Tuesday. On Tuesday, internet security researchers at ES, uh, ESET uh, Labs tweeted about a phony Coinbase job listing. The PDF file is really a Trojan horse deployed by North Korean state-sponsored cyber criminal hacking group Lazarus. On Thursday, Twitter user at tier 10K posted a warning that fake securities and exchange commission massive was also missive commission missive 
was also making the rounds online. Misfit. Finally, the Ethereum name service started the week by announcing that over the last three months, the number of registered registrations for the .ens domain names has doubled. Ethereum name service allows people to register memorable domains for their crypto wallets instead of being limited to the unwieldy strings of random numbers and letters that typically represent a blockchain address. On Wednesday, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. On Wednesday, Twitter users at MoChains shared new, new news of new crypto regulations in Canada. According to the announcements he shared, Canadians author authorities have selected Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, and Bitcoin Cash as an unrestricted cryptocurrencies. All other cryptos will be subject to a $30,000 cap per annum. And moving on to later that day, Twitter CEO Brian Armstrong fielded, fielded, fielded an important question. Huh? Okay, what's this question there, Brian Armstrong? Here it is. Is it hypothetical? Is it it's hypothetical? We hopefully won't actually face, but if we did, we'd go with with B. I think got to focus on bigger pictures. There may be some better options, C or legal challenges, as well as we could help reach a better outcome. Okay, moving on to also that day, Ukraine's Vice Prime Minister Mika. Mikhailo Fedorov shared a balance sheet revealing what his country has spent its crypto donations on since the beginning of Russia's invasion. And there's a little another tweet there. Tesla CEO Elon Musk jokingly announced he's buying Manchester United. <coughs> MicroStrategy's CEO Michael Saylor <coughs> has a better idea. And <laughs> Michael Saylor, he, he, he responds to Elon Musk's tweet saying... We would prefer that you buy some more hashtag Bitcoin. More Bitcoin. Lastly, <laughs> Bitcoin hodler Hodlnots wants you to help him defend his claim that Dr. Craig Wright, a man who claims to have invented Bitcoin, is not the real Satoshi. He says he is. A reason I think you and I have a have differing opinion on this, but I don't yep. think he is. Yep. Uh, recently, the UK High Court ruled that Dr. Wright put, put, put forward false evidence as part of his latest defamation court battle against crypto podcasters Peter McCormick, who, like Hodlnot, has repeatedly called Wright a liar. McCormick was asked to pay Wright one euro, uh, one euro, not one pound, one pound, a dollar and 18, uh, 18 cents in damages. And that is. Booyah! One whole pound, biatch. Yep. <laughs> Pay up. Like trading spaces. You ever seen the movie Trading Spaces? Trading spaces? Mm -mm. Uh, they make a bet, and the bet is a dollar. The bet is that they can ruin a person's life. And it's just like, it's just, yeah, it's so sickening. All right, moving on to this week in coins. Sounds like BitConnect. No. <laughs> Bitcoin and Ethereum double, uh, drop by double digits. Ouch. Only if you're saying it does that hurt, in my opinion. A very red week, red week for crypto, with most leading cryptocurrencies depreciating over the seven days as heavyweights like Bitcoin and Ethereum posted double digit percentage losses by the weekend. Oh my god, it's a bloodbath. Huh? Not, not compared to what happened in May. Bitcoin is down 13% and sells for 21309, according to CoinMicroCap. Ethereum, the world's second largest cryptocurrency by market capitalization, tumbled 18% to hit 1635 at the time of this writing. 
Stream's massive downturn comes in a spike of a run of good news in recent weeks, ironically. Uh, for the last few weeks, Ethereum's price has been gently boosted by anticipation of the upcoming merge upgrade. Very soon now, we've got, what, three weeks off? The network is expected to transition from the energy-intensive proof-of-work consensus mechanism to the 99.95% greener proof-of-stake mechanism. Ooh. In a Wednesday note to investors, banking giant JP Morgan said that the Ethereum merge will be good for Coinbase. Hopefully that makes their stock go up, right? The crypto exchange holds a 15% market share of Ethereum's assets and offers Ethereum staking service for institutions. JP Morgan expects these will give the exchange a competitive edge after the merge. Things what we were talking about before, the reason we don't like uh, proof of stake is that <laughs> Coinbase owns 15% of all Ethereum. <laughs> and uh, another bullish sign for the network, Ethereum name services. Uh, service registrations doubled in the last four months. The new news reflects a greater demand for .ens domain names, which, as we read in Twitter, Twitter uh, are a more wield, uh, wieldy alternative to the string of random numbers and letters that typically make up a crypto wallet. John literally just said that. Nearly every leading cryptocurrency enters this weekend about 20% down from the last. Solana fell 21%. 21% to some dollar amount. I'm not going to read the dollar amounts. Polkadot dropped 22%. Cardano sank 19%. Avalanche sank 23%. Ironically, to $23. Polygon fell 21%. Swap dropped 21%. And Ethereum Classic dropped 24%. So, yeah, 20%. It's still that's not a bad drop. That's 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 a Sunday, I guess. <laughs> Sounds about right. Monday, publicly traded Bitcoin mining company Bitfarms posted a $142 million loss in the second quarter due to the rising energy prices. During the quarter, the Quebec-based company sold 3,357 Bitcoin for a total of $69.3 million. That number seems familiar to me. Wasn't it like a Beeple art sold for the same amount of money? They're buying art, aren't they? <laughs> to help pay off a loan from Mike Novogratz, Galaxy Digital. By the end of June, the company held 3,144 Bitcoin worth approximately $62 million. It uh, said in a U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission filing. Bitforms isn't the only crypto mining company that's posted losses recently. Last month, Argo Blockchain PLC became the most recent Bitcoin mining company to have sold more Bitcoin than it mined in a month. As of the second week of July, it had an outstanding balance of $22 million on Bitcoin back Galaxy Digital loan. Data by Arcane Research revealed the, that the publicly traded Bitcoin miners like Python Digital and Riot Blockchain sold more Bitcoin than they min mined back in May. <laughs> A huge change from the first four months of the year when miners sold roughly 30% of their earnings. The recent combination of rising energy prices and a crypto bear market Roar! Can't do the roar. That just sounds so bad. Um, this is my impression of a bear. Roar! <laughs> have negatively impacted the mining industry. Autonauts and Celsius. Okay. On Tuesday, beleaguered Singaporean crypto lender Autonaut applied for judicial management in a bid to buy more time to recover the recent liquidity troubles, which a fortnight ago, that's two weeks, uh, if you haven't played the game, to <laughs> a decision to freeze customer crypto withdrawals. 
it's like Celsius. The application, which was officially filed August 13, prevents the firm from having to sell its assets to make up for any shortfall. It will also endure, uh, pardon me, ensure that an independent third party replaces Hoddlenot's directors to manage the company and oversee affairs while temporarily pausing legal claims against the firm. By Friday, Hoddlenot announced that it was cutting 80% of its staff, that's 40 people, which means that what, they have 60 people total? No, it'd be less than that, it'd be like 50 people. Um, to reduce the company's expenditure, the company is currently also fielding ending proceedings with the Singapore Attorney General and the Singapore Police Force, at Space Force. On Wednesday, Celsius, another victim, a victim, I don't know if they're a victim, of the recent spate of bankruptcies got approval from a New York bankruptcy judge to sell Bitcoin generated from its Celsius mining subsidiary in order to pay back creditors on July 14th, a day after the parent company filed for bankruptcy, the Bitcoin mining operation also filed for bankruptcy. Are they dependent on paying each other? At the start of the bankruptcy proceedings in July, Celsius was given approval to spend $5 million just to jumpstart Celsius mining, a move which drew criticism from the U.S. Department of Justice and Creditor Committee, although the latter have since dropped their objections. On Tuesday, the United States Federal Reserve released new guidelines for crypto banks. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, the actual 49-page final guidance mentions the word cryptocurrency only once, the subtext clearly involves crypto. 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 <laughs> the guidelines give directions for institutions offering new types of financial products or, or with novel charters. To be granted so-called master accounts, a key financial status that allows for direct payments with and access to the Federal Reserve. All federally chartered banks possess a master account. Luis Carlos Reyes, the director of Columbia's Tax and Customs Agency, DIAN, told Semana, which sounds like week, I guess, magazine on Monday that the South American nation's new government would look to create a digital currency that would make transactions easier for the consumer. Sounds good. Many took Reyes' words as a hint that a central bank digital currency version of the Colombian peso may be in the works. That's going to be kind of interesting. It will just be uh, Venezuela, not Venezuela. What's the other one that we always talk about? Salvador. <laughs> Salvador, thank you. El Salvador. So, looks like Colombia is going that way. Does that make it, it mean that coffee is going to get better? <laughs> oh, that was it, huh? Yep. Okay, cool, yeah, cool, cool. That all is right. all the weekend coins. Let's moving on to... Or you have anything to comment about the coins or no? No, that's it. Cool. Let's move on to Crypto Potato. This one's written by Mandy Williams. Rodent hackers have moved the stolen $625 million uh, to Bitcoin Network Report. The Ronin hackers have transferred the stolen assets uh, from Ethereum to the Bitcoin network according to new findings by blockchain investigator and developer Blight 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 Zero. Recall the recall that after the Ronin Bridge hack in March the attackers moved the six hundred twenty five million dollars worth of USDC and ETH to Ethereum based crypto mixer tornado cash making it difficult for authorities to trace the movements of the funds but tornado wasn't the end of the hackers tool uh, the ha wasn't the end as the hackers took further steps in obscuring the transaction uh, blight zero said he has been tracking the stolen funds and noticed that the attackers had transferred all the assets to the Bitcoin protocol using a network bridge and several crypto exchanges 
I've been tracking the stolen funds on Ronin Bridge. I've noticed that Ronin hackers have transferred all the crypto, uh, all the funds to the Bitcoin network. Most of the funds have been deposited to mixers, chip mixer, and blender. Uh, and this this blockchain investigator found that that after the hackers withdrew the funds from the Tornado Cash, they sent about 6,250 ETH to centralized exchanges such as Binance, Huobi, and FTX before sending the funds to North Korean crypto mixer Blender. In May, the United States Treasury Department sanctioned Blender addresses, noting that the crypto mixer assisted the Ronin hackers in processing over $20.5 million of the stolen funds. Interestingly, Blight Zero stated that the mo that most of the sanctioned Blender addresses were used by the Ronin hackers to receive funds after after withdrawing from the centralized exchanges following the money. The investigator noted that the total funds withdrawn from the exchange amount amounted to $20.72 million, consistent with the U.S. Treasury's acquisition, accusations. The hacker converted the rest of the assets to REN BTC using 1inch or Uniswap. REN BTC is a wrapped Bitcoin on the Ethereum network powered by the REN protocol. Since REN enables the movement of value between blockchains, the hacker were, were able to bridge the assets from Ethereum to the Bitcoin network. Afterwards, the hacker sent most of the funds to crypto mixers such as Chip Mixer and Blender. They transferred the funds to Chip Mixer before withdrawing some to Blender. In concluding, in concluding the Twitter thread, Blight Zero said that they are currently working on an anal analyzing the hackers, although they believe that that will be more that will be more complex. And believe it or not, that so good luck, good luck to finding out. I don't know if they're gonna get any of that back. It sounds like really are, impressed that Blight Zero followed it as much as they did. Yeah, um, yeah, especially after it's been mixed. It proves that that even though it's technically being mixed, he's just watching things go out. And when you're seeing large chunks go somewhere, it's kind of hard to. I mean, under or mixture anymore, rather than you know the address anymore. But you can still trace the amounts. Right. But if it's like it's like those two idiots that stole that money, the the husband and wife, uh, Rosal Khan or whatever they're called, um, uh, Lichtenstein and Morgan, I think is the name, of the man and woman, um. If you're, I mean, I'm not saying I'm trying to give people ideas here, but if you steal a large amount of money, you can't make large purchases. <laughs> Only way to properly ponder, I mean, I've, I've watched people do this. I'm not saying I do this. I'm just saying I've watched people do this. No, you see, people need to know how it's done to know how to stop people are doing it. And when you're uh, kiting, the way that the, the smart people do it, and the ones who never get caught or never, you know, people never knew they were doing it in the first place, they don't make big purchases and you do what everyone else does if you start going out and buying you know 10 lamborghinis it's, it people are going to notice <laughs> they don't keep their money very long mm -hmm. anyways hacking news uh by Braden lindrea which is also this is from a coin telegraph hackers exploit zero day bug to steal general bytes bitcoin atms or steal from the general bytes bitcoin atms Coin ATM manufacturer General Bytes um, has its servers compromised in a via a zero-day attack on August 8th, enabled the hackers to make themselves the default admins and modify settings so that all the funds would be transferred to their wallets. And the number of ATMs was 
operators to update their software. It was confirmed by General Bytes on August 18th, which owns and operates 8,827 Bitcoin ATMs. Wow, that's quite a few. Uh, that are accessible in 120 countries. The company is headquartered in Prague. This is also uh, where the ATMs are manufactured. ATM customers can buy or sell over 40 coins. It has been present since the hacker modification updated the CAS software of the 2020-1208 on August 20, uh, 18th. General Bytes has urged customers to refrain from using their General Bytes ATM servers until they update these 2022-2022-558 customers running on 531. Uh, customers have also been advised to modify server firewall settings so that the CAS admin interface can only be accessed from authorized IP addresses, among other things. Activating the terminals, General Bytes also remind customers to review their cell crypto setting to ensure that the hackers didn't modify such uh, that funds would be instead transferred to them and not the customers. That's good. You know, whitelist your purses and remember what they are. For me, I always double, triple check the first five characters just to make sure I know what it is. Mm -hmm. It's hard to fake the in, the, the in-between part, but if you're really paranoid, check the whole list. <laughs> General Byte states that these several security audits have been conducted since its inception in 2020, none of which identified this vulnerability. Ouch. Oh, how did this happen? General Byte's security advisor team stated that the blog that the hackers conducted a zero-day vulnerability attack to gain access to the company's crypto application server and extract the funds. The CES server manages the ATM's entire operation, which includes execution of buying and selling of crypto on the exchanges and which coins are supported. They believe the hackers scanned for exposed servers running the TCP port 777 or 44 or 443 443 including servers hosted on General Byte's service. Yeah, so you need to I guess they just didn't know the hackers added themselves as default admins to the CAS named GB. Oh my goodness, did they go with the, the, the default there too? And then proceeded to mod modify and buy sell settings such as such that any crypto received by the Bitcoin ATM would instead be transferred to the hacker's wallet address. So, yeah. ouch! Yeah, it's a big um, ouchie. This is this is I call bad uh, tech tech security on this cybersecurity really bad cybersecurity. This seems like it was a really like really simple. Um. And I'm not, this is, I think I've said this once, if I've said this once, I've said it a hundred times. When you've got a good going that's making you a lot of money, don't care about security, it really affects you. Like when I first started in the industry in the late 90s, in the late 90s, I didn't learn immediately how incredibly important it was head of the years. It's going to be that way. It's called uh, security, Ob security is what it is, security by obscurity. <laughs> that is... If you're not a big target, you're probably not going to get hit, but you still need to be prepared when you do. You guys, we're not prepared. All we're right. not prepared. <clears throat> Next news. We're going to Decrypt. This one's from Decrypt.co, written by Liam J. Kelly. Meet this sleuthing firm helping DeFi projects stay compliant with Trader Cash sanctions. All right. The entire crypto industry continues to collectively unpack the ramifications of the U.S. government's sanctions on crypto mixer Tornado Cash. 
The move, which includes blacklisting of wallet addresses that have had used Tornado Cash, has spooked the DeFi world as projects struggle to either resist or adapt, uh, adapt to the new law of the land. The decentralized derivatives exchange DYDX was one of the first projects to react to the news, blocking various crypto addresses that interact with Tornado Cash. The popular lending protocol Aave also appeared to act quickly just uh, after Justin Sun revealed that his wallet has been blocked. Though DYDX and Aave have since pulled back some, it still begged the question if a project can simply flip a switch and ban certain users, how decentralized is it really? And now as DeFi projects scramble to decide what to do, a new sleuthing firm has taken center stage, TRM Labs. The firm, like Elliptic and Chainalysis, has emerged as a key switching flipping service to which the vast majority of crypto projects have turned to remain compliant. The company claims that it does not engage in any blocking of the specific addresses. Instead, TRM Labs says it merely provides its risk data to its customers for use in the compliance programs. It's more like a signal, signaling service that can be fine-tuned by a DeFi project to raise a, a flag whenever an at-risk address interacts with the project's website or front end. The decision to block or ban an address thus still falls on the shoulders of these projects. As TRM Labs puts it, organizations using TRM configures their own settings and risk threshold to determine which addresses to block or freeze. In terms of what these risk parameters look like, the sanctions flagging firm has provided a convenient layout. This service breaks down, for instance, whether an address interacts with the projects, is directly listed on OFAC's sanctions list, ownership risk, or if it's interacted indirectly with such an address and to what extent. The further down the list of affected addresses a given platform goes, the more and more users become effectively banned. DRM Labs explained that centralized exchanges like Binance or FTX typically implement flagging services much further down the risk ladder than DeFi projects. That, that's because these kinds of entities typically follow closer adherence to global AML standards. The key takeaway here is that the decision to ban addresses is 100% at the discretion of the project in question, and in this way DeFi is looking more, more and more like plain old fintech. Yeah, it's yeah, that's what it seems like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was gonna make a comment about this, and I don't know if it's going to get me targeted or not. But whenever I look at buying crypto, I think you already know, and anybody who's followed this channel for any length of time knows as well. If, you're, if I ever tell you that I'm buying crypto, whatever it is, um, and uh, I'm buying it with the idea of holding it, you should bid against me. Because whenever I buy crypto, it goes exactly the opposite direction I want it to. So one of the reasons I, I don't like buying crypto, or at least I go the other direction and mine the crypto, is because to me it feels like instead of being in at a certain price, I get in at every price. It's almost like um, the dollar cash averaging, uh, where you're just buying all the time. You're just constantly buying on a regular basis, and um, just dollar cost averaging probably. Um, not dollar price, dollar cost averaging. Um, just getting in constantly, just adding more and adding more and adding more and adding more and adding. So you, you never really have like one price you bought everything at. And to me, that's what mining really is. The difference is if you buy crypto from a centralized exchange or a centralized anything, there's going to be a record of it. 
you mine crypto, there's no there's not necessarily a record of it because you haven't purchased anything that the local government would be aware of. They're not aware of that address because unless they're looking at all addresses, which they might be, um, particularly if those addresses haven't ever actually bought anything, like you know made a purchase, <clears throat> how would they even know what to look for? Or you might have you know, 50,000 Bitcoin that you mined and just never sold. Why would they even bother looking at that other than the fact that it had 50,000 Bitcoin on it? Which might actually draw some attention to you because that's a lot of Bitcoin in one wallet. But um, me, the way to avoid scrutiny is to not buy it, to mine it. Two Satoshis. Right. The last article from Crypto Potato from China Kadeka. Bitcoin miners pocketed quick profit by selling nearly 6,000 Bitcoin amid recent rally. Been taught it has been sorry, it has been a tough year for crypto miners. Yes, I agree with that. Who had to sell their coins to cover their costs and fund expansion as well as payment of debts. That's actually fortunately. This trend appears to be going into the third quarter of the year for some Bitcoin prices successfully broke out before facing rejection to the uh, near the $25,000 level. Since then, it has been on a downtrend. This has resulted in mounting sell pressure on Bitcoin miners. However, during the brief upswing in early August, the man, uh, they managed to book some profits by selling their tokens. According to the Glassnode data shared by popular trader Ali Martinez, at least 6,000 Bitcoin were offloaded by miners of the network in the last two weeks. Uh, per the price uh, level during the selling time, it bought roughly $142 million. Here's that tweet that B. Mar Martinez has posted. Due to the collapse of cryptocurrency prices this year, Bitcoin miners have pushed into the tight spot, even as network hash rate remained mostly around 190 uh, exahash, that's EH, Flash S over the last several months and briefly broke um, into the uh, into an ATH. What's an ATH? All all time high. I don't know what that means? All time high. Thank you. Um, bit mining rigs weren't spared either. Big mining rigs, rather. The top three Bitcoin mining companies tr uh, being traded on the U.S. stock exchange reportedly shed a billion dollars of value in <laughs> quarter two of 2022. Early earnings were reports of core scientific marathon digital holdings and riot blockchain inc shows 682 million 192 million and 366 million dollars respectively the latest trend emerges a few weeks after minings began miners began hodling again as minor balance hit a four-year high oh yeah um that's happening that's all we've got for today's mm -hmm. podcast. Hope you guys all liked what you heard. If you did, we appreciate a thumbs up on YouTube. And if you don't want to give us a thumbs up but still like our content and you want to contribute, we appreciate Bitcoin donations or other yep. coin donations. Raven is very, very near and dear to our hearts. If you'd like to donate, and that, that works too. Anything else you got to say there, John? That's it, man. Let's wrap it up. Oh, all right. Uh, as we say at the end of this every single show, thanks everyone for watching. Stacks hats and, and how. Adios. Adios. Oh, pegged it right at 36 minutes.